0: Hi everyone, my name is Steve Tudor and welcome to the Friday Show. It's for sure we've just signed a contract extension with 320, an improved deal that now means we get a Twix and a Kit Kat if we get 10,000 hits. New deals are definitely in the air this week, with Cancelo, McAtee, Wilson S Brand and Bob all committing their futures to the Blues. Will Bernardo be next? Will Pep? We'll be discussing this very shortly. Also on the agenda, of course, is this weekend's visit of Fulham, Top of the Premiership against top of the Championship. Both teams scoring for fun. It should be a cracker. So let's meet our guests then. First up is a Friday regular and Friday favourite. It's Harry. Hi pal, you well?
1: Hi mate, yeah. Yeah, I'm all good. It feels weird to say it's been a a good week to be a blue when they've not kicked a ball, does not it? It's been an incredible week to put it. And it's come, uh, if you, excuse the pun, it's come out of the blue,
0: hasn't it? So I Yeah, none of, of
1: these, mind. I know we go into it in more detail, but none of these deals sort of screamed they were going to happen immediately, mm. um, which is obviously a good thing. It shows that the club are working and looking long term, but we'll get to that.
0: Yeah. Um, also with us today, we're very grateful to have Steve McGovern, um, a Fulham fan. So you just know he'll be sound because Fulham fans usually are. Hi, Steve. Welcome aboard
2: yeah hey, lads, that's, that's a big assumption now, uh, to, <laughs> to assume I'm sound, but uh, I'm just wondering like, as part of this new deal that you've got, do I get like half of the Kit Kat, do I get a whole Kit Kat to myself as part of my appearance well, fee? like, how does this work?
0: The negotiations are still ongoing between a two-bar Kit Kat or a four-bar, if it's a four-bar, then we're free to distribute them amongst our guests, that's what I've been led to believe, but it's all in the fine print, it, it's it's getting a bit kind of nasty to be honest. <laughs>
2: Okay, well, I'll get my agent on to you. Uh, I don't want to say his full name out on air. It's George M. Oh, that's too obvious. Uh, it's <laughs> Jay Mendez. So, uh, yeah, he'll be on to you soon.
0: I'm worried. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, let's start off with
0: the game. Um, where else to start? The biggest uh, factor of all this weekend. Um, I'm going to start off with City, Harry. Only mm. Cole Palmer and Zinchenko are doubts for City. Um, first of all, do you know if either or will be available?
1: Um, I'm I'm not sure on Palmer. Um, but I, I saw Zinchenko in training the other day, if that if that cool. means anything. Nice. So I, I I assume it's sort of without any sort of COVID outbreak, it's pretty much a, a fully fit squad. Yeah.
0: So do you anticipate uh Zinc playing? I mean it's been a while.
1: Um this will be a good kind of um game to kind of shoe him back in, do you think? No. no. Uh, unfortunately for Steve, I think if you're gonna think about getting any youngsters in, it's definitely not gonna be today. I think Pet would have Been absolutely gutted with the winter break deep down because he loves his consistency and he loves playing on a regular basis. So I I think it's going to be about as full strength as it gets, maybe with a few exceptions. The goalie, the only one I can think of really, because he likes to play the sort of backup goalie in the cup. But I I think deep down it is just going to be a complete full strength team just to get the lads back into the rhythm of it for the sort of the upcoming Premier League and Champions League games. Yeah, that doesn't sound good for Steve, does it?
2: Looking
0: um, forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> so, just stay with that then, Harry.
1: What do you kind of yeah. anticipate the lineup to be? Um, so, yeah, as I said, I, I think the goalie is probably the only one that I could see many sort of changes with. I, I isn't there, to sorry, sorry
0: to interrupt, but isn't there a doubt with Stefan
1: or has that been resolved? I only saw this in the is forum. There? Yeah, I, I don't oh. know to, that's not confirmed. I just saw it. So, I mean, it could. oh, right, okay. Well, Scott, that's, Scotty that's, even, that's even worse for Steve because I, I think it, he'd go with Edison. Yeah. Um, And then, honest to God, I think it'd be full strength. So I'd I'd say probably Walker and Cancelo at the full-backs, Uh, especially because Walker's missing the Champions League. He'll definitely be playing the Premier League. So getting him up to speed will be massively important. Uh, And and Diaz back in. And then one of Stones or Laporte, sort of take your pick. Um, Depends who you want to use in this next week. Uh, And then I went midfield, Rodri, Kevin De Bruyne and and Bernardo Silva. Uh, And then up front, again, it's a bit of a roulette with Pep at the moment. Does he stick Riyad straight back in after coming back after the the AFCOM Or mm. I think I think Raheem will play, and I think Foden will play, and I think that last spot's probably up for grabs between a few of them. But I think the sort of, the main point is that he will just go as full strength as possible to start build river. I I agree. It, it's typically
0: Pep, isn't it? And it would surprise me. I mean, you'd expect obviously a couple of kids on the bench, and hopefully mm. um, to get some game time. Um, Steve just turning to Fulham um, and kind of opening up really to your season so far. Fair to say it's going pretty well.
2: It's remarkable, really. 74 goals in 28 games. We're playing some incredible football at the moment. And honestly, it's the most enjoyable it has been following Fulham for a long time. I would say, you know, maybe the European run when we reached the Europa League final or even all the way back to 2001, like that was an incredible campaign uh, where we got promoted to to the Premier League for the first time. And like everyone thinks that finally was that was such a perfect campaign. And now we're kind of like, wow, are we going to, you know, are, are we actually going to emulate that season? And I mean, like now with the amount of goals we've scored, we are actually looking at possibly beating Man City's old record
1: um,
2: <laughs> of the most championship goals in a single season. Yeah. So that that is next on the agenda. And I mean, we've got however many, like, you know, less than 20 games to go. So we got to get, what was the Man City record? I can't think of it off the top of my head, but it's 100 and something, isn't it? And yeah. so we've got about 30-odd goals to go. It's doable. I mean, Mitrovic alone will get that.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I read somewhere the other day what, what you're on course to, to score. Uh, and I can't remember what the figure was, but it was something ludicrous, like 120 <laughs> goals or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, yeah. You mentioned Mitrovic there.
2: Um, How important a figure is he for Fulham? Uh, he's just been massive. I mean, it's hard to believe that last season... Scotty Parker kind of didn't freeze him out, but did not utilize him at all. Like it, yeah. it was actually from game to game, it was kind of like, will Matric start? Won't, won't he start? And you can kind of see a semblance of logic there because you've seen it before. You saw it with Rafa Benitez at Newcastle. Like, if I build my team around this guy in the Premier League, will he actually get me enough goals? Does he justify it? And you think, well, his high scoring season in the Premier League is 11 goals and it's not to be sniffed at, but you're kind of like, mm, maybe. So obviously, Scott Parker went with more of a false nine system last season. And I mm. think now, after, I mean, we, we had some really good performances, but like we struggled to score goals. And then you look at this season and you're like, wow, that was a terrible decision. Like <laughs> he has just been on absolute fire. And, uh, you know, I, and everyone has really, I've, you know, the goals have been shared around, but yeah, Mitrovic. Is on course to break all sorts of of uh, records. I think the second tier record is Guy Whittingham with uh, forty two goals. So yeah, he's he is looking to smash that as well. He's definitely going to break the record, which is not a real record, you know, since the uh, championship rebrand in two thousand three. I think the record is twenty nine goals. Right. Ivan Tony uh, last season. So he is. De- I think he's definitely going to smash that. Oh at the yeah, at least.
0: It's, it's, well, so he's one behind that already.
2: Exactly. Uh, is he one behind it already, James? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I,
0: it's incredible. Stuff. Yeah. I, I think he should um,
1: pitch himself as a championship specialist for the rest of his career. I was uh, gonna, I was gonna say, Steve. What is it about the Premier League when he comes up to the Premier League? Is yeah. it just purely system, or what is it? He just, he's just not the same, is he?
2: Yeah, it's weird. Like I said, that first season we got promoted a few years back, uh, I actually think he did quite well. I mean, he got into double digits. Um, you know, I. I can't think of anyone off the top of my head, but there's a lot of good players who have never gotten, you know, as many good yeah. as many goals in a season mm-hmm. in the Premier League as Mitrovic. So when you put it that way, you know, he did all right then. And then last season was just a weird one. Like I said, Scott Parker made a, a tactical decision from early on to kind of go with a, a safe system that didn't really prioritize goals and it kind of left us shortchanged. We drew a lot of games that we should have been going for the win. We should have been going for the kill. Uh, so he was left out. He also got COVID in the middle of the season. You might remember there was a, a kind of a little bit of a controversy when he was at a party with, um, I think it was Uh um, right. I don't. I don't want to slander him now, just in case my, my memory is. Uh, but uh, yeah, he was at a party and, and that uh, that kind of turned into a bit of controversy and, and trouble. So he got COVID in the in the middle of the season. That didn't help. And uh, yeah, it just never got going for him. I think people will look at it and say oh, well, he's just a guy who rips up the championship, but he's not good enough for the Premier League. I mean, he hasn't had a a really great run at the Premier League, I don't think, in a a few years. So I think if we go back up under Marco Silva with the type of football we play, I I think he could have a really good season next year, provided uh, we go up.
0: Well, the funny thing is, is Marco Silva is in a similar situation, isn't he? I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. if if he excels next season with Fulham, then he, like Mitrovic, just kind of got rid of that reputation for kind of, I mean, he did okay at Hull, I know, but, you know, he he was a failure, if you will, at Everton. So Mm -hmm. there's quite a few people there at Fulham who have reputations to restore and, boy, are they certainly restoring it at present. One player I really want to talk about, though, is Tossin at the back. Um, How good has he been? He's been great. You
2: know, I I think I spoke to you at the time when we signed him and, you know, we were both like one and a half million transfer fee. Like, yeah, you know, insane. yeah, yeah. You know, and look, we've had our own problems keeping young talent. When a young player wants to go, you know, you just got to make do and you got to do a deal because uh, you can't force them to stay unless they're on a big contract. So, um but the, the surprise was that the fee was so small and he came in and immediately it was like, wow, we've got a competent defender who can play at Premier League level now. Now he's not infallible. You know, he does get caught out the odd time. But he is uh, really strong in, um, defensively, and as you would expect from a player who's come through the Man City C- uh, system, he's very good at progressing the ball. He's very good uh, ball playing centre back. Um, but the main thing is for me, like I, I saw a stat yesterday when I was uh, researching. He's won eighty-five percent of his defensive duels, which is the most in the league. So he's both wow. who can move the ball for you, and as well, he's he's very strong in duels, both in the air on the ground. So, and he's next to Tim Ream, who has the most progressive actions. So like uh, when you talk about passes and dribbles uh, per ninety of any defender, so you know you could see exactly how these two fit into the Marco Silva system there from a defensive point of view. Uh, you know so he has just been really brilliant and and like I said not infallible but you know just excellent excellent centre-back and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how he does in the Premier League again you know there was kind of rumours going around at the beginning of the summer that clubs might be coming in for him with a 10 million bid you know and I think and if he proves himself in the Premier League next season then you know, I, I I can see teams coming in for him if you know if we, yeah. if we go straight back down, which is obviously uh, been a problem for us.
0: Well, I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, it's hard to see because you were so good two years ago, you know, under Parker, uh, and so to, in that extent, you were kind of a surprise really uh, last season and kind of struggling as you did. Um, looking back on that, do you think that Parker just didn't? I know this is a cliche; it was said often at the time. Do you think he just didn't compromise enough, or at least you know it took him a while before he did?
2: Um, I I think, well, yeah, it's an interesting one. Like it, it, at the beginning, when when Parker came in, uh, obviously he came in at the end of the Premier League campaign a couple of years ago, took over from yeah. uh, uh, Ranieri, wasn't it? And then I mean we were pretty much relegated by then. Going we into the Championship season, he gets the job permanently, and at first it was kind of like, oh, we're going to play this very nice looking uh, possession based football. I remember there was a game against Millwall where we had like something like 85% possession. We won like three nil or three one. And it was brilliant. You know, it was, it was beautiful, but it didn't quite work over the course of the season. I think there was just a problem with unlocking defenses. Mm. And um, I think then we came into the Premier League then trying to maybe play something similar, but it clearly didn't work. We got, absolutely hammered by arsenal we got uh, torn apart by aston villa then we made a bunch of signings right at the end of the window and so parker kind of went with like a 5-3-2 uh, formation and the idea was to be solid and i think you know we played well i think in a lot of games um i think we played okay against city that time i think we only lost 2-0 at the cottage mm. you know we got uh we got we got a win at Anfield. Obviously, everyone was beating Anfield that season. So I mean, like who can, nice. who can really <laughs> who can really call that much of an achievement? But no, it was it was brilliant. You know, we got a win at Anfield. We got a win at Goodison, which again doesn't sound like much, but we hadn't beaten Everton at Goodison for something like seventy or eighty years. Like it was <laughs> it was a huge thing to to beat them there. So we got some great results and so, and some of the games, you know, some really top performances. But it just didn't. It just wasn't enough. It just, like you said, may, maybe he he needed to take more risks and he just didn't. And I think I saw somebody say that Scott Parker, the manager, is a lot like Scott Parker, the player. Like he's nice, he can do things, he's great, but like, does he excite you? Does he? Mm. Is he a bit one-dimensional? And we're seeing Bournemouth fans say that now, like like they think that he can't change the tempo of a game when needed. And uh, oftentimes, you know, his his thing is like, right, we're in lead there's like 20 minutes to go still. So let's like lump on more defenders and we'll play like a six, five, one formation. And really uh, that's way too many players. I don't know what uh, formation that is, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but if he could, he would, he would do that. Um, yeah. So I think with Silva, what you're seeing is kind of what Sil- Marco Silva likes to do. And it's turned out to be very, very effective. And um, I mean, a part of that is we do have the strongest squad in the championship, I think. So that, obviously helps, but he is 100% getting the most out of this team. Harry, we
0: we began this podcast by saying that City are likely to play their strongest eleven, and, Mm. you know, kind of um, poor Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Are are you worried now, Harry, having heard all that?
1: Well, possibly, yeah, because... I think it could turn into a bit of a slugging fest with the you know the the firepower that will be on show and yeah City are going to be slightly rusty Um, this is not good even though City are playing the full strength team we've seen in the past when they've had a a few few weeks off that they can come back and just be a little bit rusty in that in that opening game you saw it over Christmas when we played Leicester on Boxing Day we were just a bit little sluggish at the back Um, so if they're on it then of course they could score goals it's just you know how many City can sort of score in return yeah, I mean, this has the potential for being an
0: absolute cracker, genuinely. Um, in that regard, two years ago, the 4 0 win, I mean, stay, it was fairly routine in the end, wasn't it? It was fairly disappointing because it's, it's the parallels are quite spooky, as regards to, you know, you were excelling at the time, um, it came to the Etihad, um, everyone expected this goal fest, and then it turned out to be quite one sided.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was it was quite typical, I think, of of uh, meetings between these two teams in recent times, particularly at the Etihad, because it always feels like when we go there, it's pretty much a fait accompli. You know, mm. we don't we don't really like when we when we got Man City out of the out of the hat. You know, I, I I messaged you Steve, talking about it because you know I was just kind of like, well, any draw other than Man City away is fine because you know <laughs> whatever. Like, if if it's a home draw, fine. If it's a away draw, great. You know, people get. Uh, Uh, trip somewhere maybe like Kidderminster Harriers that would be fun but no I I just saw Man City come out and I was like you have to be absolutely kidding me because you know uh, no no disrespect to you know Manchester City but like it's not an exciting away trip and on top of that you have no expectation of winning so all the the drama and excitement is kind of drained out of it before kickoff so you're looking at this and you're going this is not a very enticing tie and having said that you know, we've we've had some unbelievable results uh, recently. We, we beat Reading 7-0, and afterwards, all the Fulham fans were chanting, uh, Manchester City, we're coming for you. So, <laughs> Brilliant. Evidently, we're not too worried about it. But we had some unbelievable results uh, lately. Our most recent game, we, we drew against Blackpool, which was a bit of a weird game. And, um you know, uh, as... Uh, your listeners, I'm sure, have heard, you know, one of the fans collapsed and had a yes. cardiac arrest and unfortunately passed away, Paul Parrish. And, you know, I think he he will be in everyone's thoughts um, during during the game on Saturday, and it's it's awful. But as actually his, his daughter had a brilliant thread on Twitter talking about his dad and, and everything, and, and she was, you know, praising everyone who helped him and, and stuff and, and everybody who had sent messages. And, and she said it was almost fitting in a way that he... You know, his, basically his, his last moments of life, he was given a standing ovation going, you know, leaving yeah. Craven Cottage. And, and unfortunately, he, he passed away on the way to the hospital. But, um, you know, that's awful. But obviously, he'll be in everyone's thoughts. So it kind of puts this game into perspective a little bit. Yeah. But um, I, I do think it'll be an interesting tie. It's a good litmus test for Fulham to see where we are because there's always that, that problem when you when you are a team who is smashing it in the championship. Can you translate that to the Premier League? The obvious example is Norwich City. They have not been able to translate it. They very much look like a Championship team. Mm. Uh, Leeds have done it in a you know much better fashion. So it's it's always interesting to, especially when you're you're talking about like you know the best most entertaining team in the country and Man City. Um, so. <laughs>
0: You'll, you say that I mean you are you have to be up there alongside City it's you know I, I've i only seen you a couple of times this season but you're really good to watch and it's a really enjoyable watch and you know you're absolutely storming the championship so with that in mind Harry why on mm. earth isn't this game on the
1: telly <laughs> I mean Steve's got steady on we score a lot of goals and we're called boring so you don't want to get to, uh, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're get yeah. to that earth. you don't want to get too good honestly the media turn
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um but I mean, I mean, yeah, possibly. I mean, at first when I when I saw this question, I was like, "Well, who is actually on TV?" Then I looked, and obviously, Man United and Middlesbrough tonight, which is obviously a thrilling game to watch. Mm. Uh, Tottenham and Brighton, Liverpool, Cardiff, Bournemouth, Boreham Wood, uh, and then you've got uh, Kidderminster versus West Ham. And you think you look at Boreham Wood and Kidderminster, and you think, "Yeah, it, it's nice to have them sort of teams on yeah. on telly." But Liverpool, Cardiff, exactly. Really? United, yeah. Middlesbrough, really. I mean, I mean, we all know why they're on TV, but you know, you just got to look at the form guide and you think which one's the best one to to be putting on TV. It's definitely this one this weekend. Yeah, well, I saw some kind
0: of um, stats or or some figures, I should say, on Twitter uh, regarding kind of Sunday viewing figures for non Premier League games. Mm. And and it's minimal in terms of you know like tonight I get United Friday night on the BBC loads of United fans loads of kind of part timers essentially as well will tune yeah. in to watch and the rest of us will tune in and hope that United lose I get it it'll be a big viewing figures Liverpool Cardiff the difference between that and City Fulham would would be min- minimal it's not a case of you know loads of Liverpool fans going to flood towards it so surely. It, particularly because it's a Sunday, it's on a kind of terrestrial telly, put the most entertaining game on. And this is going to be, very likely, one of the most entertaining games of the weekend. So, I don't know, it just it baffles me, it perplexes me. It's never going to change. Um, I just want to quickly go back to Fulham because there's one player I want to talk about because I've not seen him. Uh, Fabio Cavallo. Uh,
2: did I pronounce it right, Steve? Is... I, I would say Carvalho. Carvalho. Uh, you know, that's, that's just very <laughs> casual pronunciation for me. But, so. <laughs> so you know, like, what, Fabio Cavaglio?
0: Is he... Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I apologise to everyone listening out there. <laughs> it's, it's early in the morning. My baby's kept me up all night. That was a bad decision. <laughs> anyway, um, he very nearly went to Liverpool, this transfer window. Um, mm-hmm. He's been kind of pitched as a future England international.
2: But what's he all about? What's he all about? I mean, he's just a superb footballer. Like, I mean, like, this would just be me just spewing out uh, superlatives about him. Like, he's an, an outstanding young playmaker, you know, right. he's Brilliant in the pocket. Um, he's so confident on the ball. His ability to pay, play a killer pass is honestly astounding for his age. You know, he came in at the end of last season when obviously the season was was dead, you know, we, we were not going to stay up. He came in. And he was just brilliant. You know, you could see immediately, wow, this is, a, this is an amazing talent. Mm. he uh, comes in, and he's one of the key players this season. So, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season, I think it was the first, whatever it was, 10 games, uh, just amazing, really knitted everything together. But at the same time, was just, you know, you just knew you had the, he had this quality when he gets the ball in the final third. He is brilliant at opening up defenses with his passing, but as well, if, if there is open space, he will run into it and he will make you pay. Right. So he he definitely does have a, a lot to his game already. Like it's 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 amazing. Like this guy is still a teenager and you can see why Liverpool were going in for him because if they if that deal had gone through for 10 million like that is a steal yeah. for them. And to be honest with you like it it kind of the what we're hearing is that Liverpool and Fulham may still do the same deal at the end of the season even though obviously he'll be out of contract. But If they didn't come to an agreement and Liverpool sign them, then it has to go to a tribunal anyway, and they will decide on how much money they get. So they may just go, right, look, we will give you the same deal we had before, uh, you know, X amount of money, uh, sell-on clause, all that, and we will take them off your hands. Of course, the problem is maybe he goes, well, actually – I have all these other clubs coming in for me maybe Barcelona or Real Madrid or somebody mm. comes in for me maybe Man City comes in for him and he decides well maybe I want to go there instead and and that kind of complicates things obviously because if he goes to Europe we will get like it's like a flat fee of like a like a half million euros or something like that I can't remember the exact the exact number but right. like, we do not get you know anything well, why is that why, why, why is that the case because he's 21 isn't he he is was is he 20 I am terrible at remembering ages. He is nineteen. He turns. <laughs> oh, 20 in really?
0: Oh, right. Yes. Oh, I, sorry, I'm wrong. That right. Okay, I get it. And okay, so that's a tricky situation for Fulham to be in. However, if you go up, that puts Fulham in a much stronger bargaining position, doesn't it? So it's um, it might well be where he's happy to stay another season. Um, I hope. Well, so. we thought that. We thought
2: that, but you know, uh, he turned down a contract offer uh, earlier right. in the season. And from then, it's kind of been like, oh, I don't think we're going to keep him. So, uh, right. you know, this has been a recurring problem with Fulham. We've lost a lot of our young players. From like Harvey Elliott Elliot, yeah. yeah. went to to Liverpool, and, you know, I'm sorry to say, but he's going to be a brilliant player, provided he comes back, you know, yeah. from his injury, uh, you know, all well and good. And, um, you know, he's going to be a top player. And we got a tribunal fee of, I want to say, 4.3 million. And, um, you know, which is, you know, as far as tribunal fees go, that's pretty good. As far as, you know, valuations of players, that is absolutely nothing. So, yeah, a team like, I mean, like Man City should absolutely, I mean, every club should be coming in from Every club should be going to his agent and saying, this is our offer, what do you think? Hmm. Uh, now, obviously, Liverpool have gotten their foot in the door already. You know, they've already agreed terms and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it may be difficult, but, you know, everybody should be looking at him you know and he's a guy who could absolutely be at, at right now he could be a premier league player you know at, at, he could be a, a starter on most premier league teams i think um, and he would definitely be a guy who you could just rotate in and out at one of the, the you know big clubs like chelsea liverpool man city etc
0: okay well i'm really looking forward to seeing him tomorrow um
1: harry how do you see the game going I mean, just like I said before, I think it could be just a complete slugfest, depending on how sort of City start. I think the game, the, the FA Cup game you referenced, did did Fulham not get an early red card? I seem to yes. remember them getting. And I mean, yeah, you're pretty doomed from that moment with with City, aren't you? If you if you get a red card inside, was it inside ten minutes? I'm sure it was that yeah. early, wasn't it? I think I so. think it
2: was like the I think it was like something like the fourth or fifth minute, and like Tim Ream got sent off, and then I, I uh, was, Man City about. got a penalty. Yeah, Man City got a penalty, and then, so then we're down to 10 men, it's 1-0 after, and actually, we were actually just, Jesus, thank God it was only 4-0, because we were literally thinking, like, this could be ugly, <laughs> yeah. and that's just so annoying, because obviously, you're, like I said earlier, you go to the Etihad away in a cup tie, that is the worst draw you can get in the cup, because there is just no hope of you getting a result. On I, don't, I, think, I don't know about amazing. That. Well, okay. To, to me, it feels that way anyway. <laughs> so, uh, you're you, you're you're not going in with a huge amount of hope. But uh, when that happens, it just—I remember being so annoyed because I was just like, "Wow, this is this is already dead. This game, yeah. like it." So, yeah, yeah, it is that death by happen. a thousand
1: passes. Yeah. yeah, death by a thousand passes. Then in it, that's that's just how City work. Um, mm-hmm. And they would sort of slowly break you down. Uh, but yeah, this 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 will just be about. Sort of getting riven back in the legs, but if you know if City are a bit rusty and, and Fulham are on it, there's definitely going to be a lot. of got to say that I've give it the kiss of death, aren't it? It's going to be like a one nil or or a nil nil. Um, but but yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to watch it. There's there's two sets of really good players. You said about Carvalho, I'm really excited to to sort of watch him as well. Um, it's just a shame that we can't see some of the, the youngsters, especially in a week where they've they've sort of signed. I mean, I could be completely wrong, but I just I just got this feeling that he will go proper yeah. full strength. No, no I'm, I'm full agreement with you there. I think you will too.
0: Um, okay, well, let's end the preview itself with a score prediction. Uh, Steve.
2: Well, I think obviously it's going to be our third seven nil win of the season. So yeah. <laughs> we do, we do, we do actually have more seven nil wins than Man City this season. So there you go. You're, you've got one. We've got two. So you know yeah. who, exactly who who is really the best team in the country. You know, uh, but um, yeah, I I think. I think we might we might take a surprise lead, and then we frustrate City for a half, and then Pep make some changes, and then you guys run out like three-one winners or something. Okay, uh,
1: Harry, what about yourself? Yeah, I'm going out there. I'm going four-two. I think it could be sort of a back and forth, and then City just sort of take it away with them with a the quality when Fulham are a bit tired at the end. Okay, I'm going to go for a well. It's a bit boring in comparison to those two, but I'm going to go for a two-one for
0: City. Uh, I think there'll be loads of chances and it'll be a really good game, really kind of enjoyable game to watch. But I think ultimately, um, yeah, two on City. And I'll certainly take mm. that right now because Fulham are on fire. Um, Harry, we've had a good week um, as a blue. Oh, yes. um, Concello signed a new deal. That one just came out of the blue, didn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, there was there's a few reports a couple months ago, but nothing sort of definitively to say he was going to sign. Yeah. Um, it's a bit of a strange situation with Cancelo isn't it because I always think that he's a, a player who sort of sums up Guardiola more than than anyone. He's a player who didn't really adapt well in his first season, and Guardiola found him a new position. He's sort of one of the best players in Europe, so yeah. I think there's sort of no player that sums him up more than Cancelo. But yeah, of course, it's it's incredible news. You know, we've we've found this absolute gem of a player that sort of for now solve these sort of left back issues that we were having. Uh, Added a complete new dimension to the attack, and we've got obviously a, a few more important contract decisions to make. But you know, he's one that you definitely know will be in the team for the long-term future. So getting him tied down was was obviously massively important. And obviously, I don't want to go into it too much because I think the lads covered it quite well in midweek. But it just completely screams that the Guardiola is sticking around for a little <laughs> bit longer.
0: It, do, it does look like that. I don't want to jinx it at all. I would just simply say, it it looks like that now, doesn't it? Mm. I mean, particularly with the youngsters signing as well. and Mcatee. I mean, that's so kind of good news, McAtee signing. Um, So you look Mm. at McAtee, you look at Palmer, you look at Foden. I've been reading this week about how McAtee is basically going to get put on the same career path as, um, sorry, the same pathway to the first team as Foden. Now the sale of Ferran Torres makes sense, doesn't it? Because we've got Mm. some
1: amazing youngsters coming through. Yeah, I th- I think it's another reason we've got to sort of thank Pep with before Pep we really didn't see many youngsters breaking through with any. Uh even if they were just by chance and with the development of Foden. Of course Foden's an exceptional player, so Foden has sort of done it all himself with his quality, but Pep has shown him that amongst the star study squad, there is opportunities for you. He'd said from the start that, you know, if Foden was patient and showed enough quality that he'd fill David Silver's void in the squad and he's done that. Mm. Uh City didn't out, go out and Buy a sort of replacement for Ferran Torres because they believe in Cole Palmer and believe he's the the man who can fill his spot. And I'm sure that's the same with with James Mcatee. I looked at the summer of 2023 and I look at Ilkay Gundogan's contract expiring and just think maybe they're looking at that and thinking maybe if Gundogan wants a sort of fresh challenge, maybe Mcatee with a with with one and a half years more experience behind him will be ready to sort of step in and fill that void. And, you know, for me personally, having a Salford lad in there's it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, and you just think at one point, you could have Salford with insurance and Stockport in a, yes. a City team that's worth about a billion pounds. And, yeah. you know, if anything, it just saves City fifty, sixty million quid in a replacement. Uh, I'm sure yeah. that's what the sort of academy's there for. But, yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing. Uh, McAtee's probably the one that has excited City fans the most this week, purely because it, all the rumours were that he, he didn't look likely to sign one because of, you know, the development path there. It looked like Palmer was ahead of him, but... You know, he's you he can obviously tell he's a very supremely talented player. Uh, and if Pep thinks he's good enough, then he definitely is good enough.
0: Absolutely. Um just come back to the goal scoring kind of traits of these teams. Um Fulham have scored two point six per game. Um you're like this, Steve, that's more than City, two point three for City. Mm. Although you know, obviously it could be said against, you know, inferior defenders. <laughs> Uh, what are each of your favourite goals by your team in, in the season to date? Does one stand out for you, Steve?
2: Yeah, I was trying to, I was looking up a few you know, highlights of recent games and honestly, there's literally too many to choose from, like, you're talking about 74 goals so I, I was kind of like, where do I even begin with this? Mm. So uh, I just picked up a couple of random ones it was a Carvalho goal against uh, Bristol City a few weeks ago where he just Oh, I
1: know that, so good
2: the one, it, it, this one where he, he runs through midfield, kind of unabated, skins the defenders, and they're kind of like they drift one way, and he just, you know, no bother to him, just like whoosh, goes the other way, <laughs> fires it into the far corner. Just it's just so sexual, like it's just unbelievable. <laughs> Um, like so yeah and, and you know the the great thing about Fulham is that we've had such an array of goals you know we score goals from we, we've actually I think we've got more set-piece goals than any other team which funnily enough is not something you'd associate with Marco Silva got a lot mm-hmm. of criticism for that at Everton but apparently when he was at Everton it wasn't as if it wasn't for lack of trying like they they really worked on set pieces. They were just terrible at them for some reason. <laughs> um, he's come in here now, and he's maybe it's something to watch for. Something we saw earlier on in the season, not too not too much recently, but they like to play a screen. So kind of like you know NBA style, but kind of like what we saw with England in, in the last World Cup, where yeah. you know you you basically have somebody body one of the defenders, and you know that lets one of your attackers to get a free run on the corner. So uh, we've seen that where it allows Mitrovic, you know, space and time to just get that, you know, massive noggin of his uh, on the ball and and into the into the goal. So maybe look out for that. Uh, but yeah, set pieces have been great. But you know, all sorts of goals from free kicks, uh, open play, you know, crossing, you know, every type of goal we've been scoring, which is brilliant to see. Uh, the other type, I would say, I just want to go for one that absolutely smashed it in was uh, Bobby De Cordova Reed his winner against Stoke. Uh, Stoke failed to clear their lines. It's kind of headed out just to the edge of the box. So he gets it just inside the box and he just absolutely wallops it into the net uh, past the Stoke keeper. So that was another brilliant one as well. So, yeah. So, I, I mean like literally like so many to choose from. I mean, you, guys, <laughs> mm-hmm. you guys have, have uh, you know, you're know, 55. It's not, it's not bad, you know, but uh, it's not 74. <laughs> is it? So.
0: I can't wait until tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's the thing with City. We create, aesthetically pleasing goals we're not really ones for spectacular goals I mean barbie old kind of De Bruyne special or, or Rodri special Um What well, Harry what about yourself what, what
1: kind of goals yes, stand so up you see, this season has been a bit against okay, the norm we have scored a few to our yeah. long ranges yeah. and we never really shoot from outside the box um, but I think everyone would kill me if I didn't say Bernardo's against against if, Villa.
0: If you didn't say that, I was about to jump in. Yeah, it's the only one. Yeah, that could just
1: just with. from just from front to back, just the, the little one-two with Cancelo and Mares on the edge of the Villa box, the ball from Fernandini or the touch from Jesus, and then just a the perfectly weighted ball. And then what can you sort of say about the finish? It's just, it's just, and it was just sort of summarised Bernardo Silver in that moment, the way he was playing. Mm. Uh, one goal I want to sort of pick out as well. Is a goal against Leicester. I think it was the third. It was Gundogan. And it was just, there was like four triangles. It was bizarre the way it worked, but they just knocked it about to each other in this triangle for about five minutes. Then all of a sudden they sprung and it was a triangle in the middle. Then they moved on to the triangle in the middle of their half. Then a triangle on the edge of the box. And then all of a sudden it's in the back of the net. And it was just like, wow, that was some goal. And I don't know if it's just me that doesn't analyze city goals enough and that happens all the time. But when that went in, I was like, wow, that is just superb. But in terms of just pure quality, and I don't, I don't know about you, Steve, but I don't see us scoring many goals on the counter attack. I, I
0: mean, teams dance anymore, you know. It's, we mm-hmm. had that golden season where, you know, teams are like, okay, let's kind of try and take you on it. <laughs> and then yeah. we, we could do that. But yeah, the chances are so few and far between. You can see the eyes light up in players, can't you, in City players when they're on the account? Because it's such a rarity in games. It's only two or three times a game these days.
2: I, w- I will say it's actually, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because we actually have been a bit, Suspect on the break, you know, a couple of teams have taken advantage of us on the break, really? so right. that mm. may be an area where I could definitely see City punishing us if we commit too many forward or, you know, so yeah, that'll be an interesting one to watch. I think we, we've had a problem with that this season a little okay. bit. Okay, good. Well, you know,
0: yeah, good. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for that. I'm a City fan, of course, good.
1: Um, yeah.
0: It's been very kind of upbeat this pod because we've been talking about two very special football teams. Um, time to end on a slightly downbeat note, or potentially not. Who's to say? Um, we'll start with you, Harry. When I was doing kind of uh, match previews in kind of you know in the lead up to this weekend, I looked back at last year and there was ten occasions in the fourth round last year where teams played opponents who were a league or higher, all lost. Um, our giant killing axe. Coming more thin on the ground, do you think? It is are Basically, are the bigger teams these days with yeah. the depth they
1: have in their squad, is that just eradicating some romance? I was trying to relate this to City when thinking about this question, and I was just thinking that because City, is, and Liverpool to an extent as well, have been so dominant over the sort of past couple of years in the league in particular, you know, the teams that are like third like to they've sort of got a goal for these competitions to get any sort of success because they're going to get no yeah. success in the league with city in it. Um, so especially with pet Guardiola in it. So maybe there's been more sort of emphasis on the domestic cups for them other teams. Um, uh, I mean, particularly in the, the Carabao cup this year, what the four teams that are in the semi-final, was it Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Liverpool. Yeah, and when, when, when have we seen that? I mean, City at one point. What was the, the semi final we had a couple of years ago? Burton. <laughs> yes. So, so yeah. yeah, so we've we've very rarely seen sort of such a star-studded Carabao Cup um, semi final. But I I do think it's completely that. I think it's just the emphasis for other teams are, are more on the cups because it's their only chance of silverware. Well, Pep and Klopp are sort of in the league. Um, mm. So yeah, the, the giant kills, and of course the depth comes into it I mean of course you know this game where the, it has been the sort of major, the top, well, the top ball players onto the pitch and they've made a difference that's just going to happen isn't it um, so yeah so it, it, I mean with a few exceptions this year I mean obviously Forest with Arsenal was the major exception uh, it doesn't really tend to happen uh, as much nowadays, uh, but there's definitely some ties in this next round that it could, could happen.
0: It could. Uh, Your so though, would be fantastic, of course, and Boren would. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, we, we, there was a season three years ago, maybe two years ago, where there was a spate of upsets, but it, that yeah. is very much an outlier, really. Um, Steve, you're in a very kind of tricky position, I, I guess, as, as Fulham, because... You're flying in a league, but you could still be caught. I mean, it's highly unlikely, but you could. Do you want a cup run? I mean, it's, it's often seen to be, you know, kind of um, a mixed blessing, isn't it, if the team's looking for promotion?
2: Yeah, I think we would be fine if we didn't have a cup run. I think in the previous round we placed, we faced uh, Bristol City. If we had lost that, nobody really would have been crying yeah. about it. You know, because mm. you, you have to understand as well, is that unlike City, we have had uh, postponements. Yeah. Um after I think it was after St. Stephen's Day, uh sorry, Boxing Day to you, Brits. Um <laughs> we had we we had three consecutive games postponed through no fault of Fulham. Fulham had no COVID cases that or any injury or whatever to have you know, that they, they did not call for these games to be called off. So I think it was um Birmingham City, Swansea and another one that I'm forgetting. But yeah, three games in a row. So we went quite a few weeks without a game. And so we've, I think we've made up uh, at least two of them. But you know, it it basically we we do not want to be adding more games to our calendar. This this does not suit us. I think for City, Euro. I mean, obviously you've got Europe that you are obviously very very serious about. Um, so it's kind of like no matter you've got you know a a a big enough squad and and you have enough space in the calendar that it kind of doesn't really matter, but for teams like Fulham, this is just a headache and like you said it's it's not unimaginable i mean we've been a bit of a streaky team at times mm. so um you know we we need to watch ourselves as well you know we've had these like uh, you know the last month we had you know the seven 0 against reading then the six two uh two six twos in a row you know and then all of a sudden we had a really bad game against uh blackpool there again exceptional circumstances the expenses with the stoppage and everything like that but you know we kind of just let's just get through this game let's not get hockeyed uh let's see if we can cause an upset i think people are really like looking forward to this actually just because like i said it's a good litmus test yeah if we could get something here like it would be an amazing result and we'd remember it and that alone would be worth progressing you know yeah well it's
0: a good way to end it it's um if it wasn't against City, you know I'd be kind of backing you all away. <laughs> um, thanks very much for joining me today, Steve. Really appreciate that.
2: No, it's great to be on. It's uh, it's been a while since we chatted, Steve, and uh, yeah. you know it's great it's great to hear that uh, lovely Northwest kind of Welsh <laughs> accent again.
0: Yeah, half Scouse, half Welsh. I don't know where it comes from. Um, th- thanks, Harry. Really appreciate it, mate. Is Harry gone?
2: Has he dropped out?
0: Oh, the, yeah. Oh, he has. <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, we're wrapping things up anyway. So, well, thanks, Harry. You'll be listening back to this later. And um, That's a wrap for today, folks. We're off to form our own government. In the meantime, take care of yourselves, be well, and forever up the blues.